Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Can't believe we're halfway through the month of October. But we are. Hello, everybody. Good to have you with us on the Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Donald Trump. What do you say? Hillary Clinton. What do you say? Better still, what are Americans saying? And in the next hour, we're going to be speaking with Fran Coombs, our good friend and managing editor of Rasmussen National Polling in the United States. They asked a question, should Donald Trump resign from the campaign? What did Americans say? You're going to find out. And then I have a question for you that I tweeted out last uh, this past Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. And I got quite a bit of response. And I'll be asking you that question. And I'll give you a bit of a heads up here. What I'm curious about is what uh, the morning after the election will be like in the United States. Of course, very curious about what will happen on the evening or the night of November the 8th. But what will the United States be like on the morning after? Will it be a, a great sigh of relief that it's over and an acceptance of whoever will have become the president elect? Or will it get nasty? In the streets. Some have predicted that. So we're going to talk about that and take your phone calls. I remember Stacy and Kevin. Of course you do, from Fort McMurray. They were on air with us last weekend, and they were struggling financially. They had their 23-foot trailer that they're winterizing. Think of that, Fort McMurray, trying to winterize an RV trailer. Because they had no money in... You know, the accommodations are just not there, but that's their home. That's where they want to be. And they had trouble getting assistance from the Red Cross. So I called the Red Cross. And uh, spoke with their vice president for Alberta, and I told you last weekend what the responses were, and Stacy and Kevin got a call from the Red Cross. And yesterday, they met with the regional manager. And you'll find out what happened later on on the program today. We'll have Beauties and the Beast with Catherine and Linda. Michelle is on vacation. I'm going to play back for you an interview with Sammy Wilson, the former finance minister and minister of the environment for Northern Ireland. And it's about cap and trade, which is guaranteed for the province of Ontario, where electricity rates are soaring through the roof. The premier decides it's it's time to attack the, the people. If this were television, you'd see me shaking my head. And uh, Sammy Wilson had a lot to say about cap-and-trade, and it's about time you heard it again. 
But I'm going to begin with this, and I thought about, I thought long and hard about, about actually talking about this, and putting it out to. Oh, before the end of the hour, we'll talk to Mark McAllister, McAllister, Mark McAllister, from Global Television. And uh, Mark is going to be joining us on uh, what's happening in Cleveland beyond just the baseball game. What's happening on the streets? What how are things going in Cleveland? with the fans and with our Jays fans who are there. Mark McAllister, Urban Issues reporter for Global News Toronto, will join us. So, uh, I was I checked my, my webpage the other day, and there was a, a posting from Trish. So I read it, and I thought, I'm going to share this with our callers, and we'll um, we'll talk about it. We'll open up the phone lines to everybody. We won't ask anybody who's actively involved with the issue, but to participate. In in other words, no guests, no experts. Other than people and their experiences and their points of view. Some people will tell me, Roy, that's too uh, tricky about what you're going to talk about. You should stay away from it. I think you know me better than that. So I received this, um, this, this posting from Trish. And I'm just going to read it to you, and then we'll we'll talk. If you follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show, you already know that what the first line is. Hello, Roy. I guess I'm a deplorable racist. Now, please listen to this, folks, because I'm going to want to hear your points of view and your experiences and the understanding of who we are, where we live, how we live, and who lives here. We're all in this together, right? So Trish writes, hello, Roy, I guess I'm a deplorable racist. I have lived in my current home for 25 plus years. Over the years, I've become a minority. I see no immigrants other than those from India and Pakistan. When my daughter was school age, she was the only Caucasian female in her class. She was shunned by her classmates and generally had a very difficult time until I felt compelled to transfer her to a new school. I believe that our immigration system is not inclusive of Europeans, Australians, and others who share our culture. The immigrants in my community do not attempt to integrate in any way. Rather, they look upon me with contempt as I try to find my personal space in the grocery lineup and have no consideration for others as they attempt to barter at the checkout for some perceived flaw in their merchandise. I'm at a loss as to how people who speak neither English nor French have become Canadian citizens. I have concluded that I must leave my adult children behind and move to a small prairie town in order to live in a community where a 50-something Caucasian woman can feel included in the community. Oh, to live in Switzerland, where my opinion mattered. Thank you for discussing this issue, Roy. Sincerely, Trish. All right, so I, I read this several times. As I said, initially I thought I'd i just read it. But then I thought, I really should share this with you. And I really should hear what you have to say. Because one of the things that we need to do is talk to one another. We need to speak to each other openly, honestly, and directly. And the easy way is to just say, well, just avoid it. Just, 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 just avoid it, Green. Just, just avoid it. It's not me. So is Trisha racist? 
She calls herself a deplorable racist. Is Trisha racist? Is she a woman sharing the view of many in Canada? And I'm not talking about old stock, so-called old stock Caucasian Canadians. What do you hear? What do you hear when I read what Trish posted to RoyGreenShow.com? And remember, this posting comes shortly after the Angus Reid poll on what makes us Canadian and revealed that 68% of Canadians would like newcomers to fit in more with mainstream Canada, while the same number believe newcomers fit in well into their individual communities. If you're a recent immigrant, is it true that you prefer to live in a neighborhood with people who emigrated to Canada from your country of birth or area of the world that you lived in previously? Let's talk. If you're Trish or someone with a personal history similar to that of Trish, do you feel like moving from your neighborhood, your city, maybe your province, if that's how you feel, does that make you a deplorable racist? You know, maybe people, some people with cultures, some ethnicities and religions do clash. History is filled with examples of that. But we're not talking history. We're talking present-day Canada and looking into the Canada of tomorrow. Now, our Prime Minister doesn't really have a deep attachment to Canada. He refers to this country as the post-nation, first post-nation state. But we'll set that aside. Um, AAA-225-8255-416-870-6400. It's my number. Let me read Trisha's posting one more time and then ask you what you hear when you hear her words. Hello, Roy. I guess I'm a deplorable racist. I've lived in my current home for 25 plus years. Over the years, I've become a minority. I see no immigrants other than those from India and Pakistan. When my daughter was school age, she was the only Caucasian female in her class. She was shunned by her classmates and generally had a very difficult time until I felt compelled to transfer her to a new school. I believe that our immigration system is not inclusive of Europeans, Australians, and others who share our culture. The immigrants in my community do not attempt to integrate in any way. Rather, they look upon me with contempt as I try to find my personal space in the grocery lineup and have no consideration for others as they attempt to barter at the checkout for some perceived flaw in their merchandise. I'm at a loss as to how people who speak neither basic English nor French have become Canadian citizens. I have concluded that I must leave my adult children behind and move to a small prairie town in order to live in a community where a 50-something Caucasian woman can feel included in the community. Oh, to live in Switzerland where my opinion mattered. Thank you for discussing this issue, Roy. Sincerely, Trish. All right, what do you hear? I don't want you to tell me what other people may think you hear. I want you to tell me what you hear. And what your, your experience is. We're all here, folks. You know, we're all here. In this place we call Canada. We're all here. Are we separated into groups and neighborhoods and towns? Or is there a genuine attempt being made for people to integrate and talk to one another and inter interact with each other and be neighbors and be friends? 
don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I can't speak for you. And again, the um, the uh, Angus Reid poll, where's that number now? Um, 68% of Canadians, where's the number? 68% of Canadians, mainstream Canada, I'll find it. I know what it is. Um, uh, 68% of Canadians would like newcomers to fit in more with mainstream Canada, while the same number believe newcomers fit in well into their individual communities. So a bit of conflict there with those statements. At the Roy Green Show, let's go to your calls right now and find out how you feel about what you heard and what you've heard about Trish and what your thoughts are, where we are as a community. Sean is in Mississauga, Ontario. Hey, Sean. Good afternoon, Roy. I'm a common listener to you. Often disagree, but listen nonetheless. Thank you, sir. Um, I'd like to first uh, expose that my identity does belong to one of those South Asian communities that she mentioned. My parents came here in the 70s. Um, I am a South Asian, and I'm born in Canada and raised here as well. With that said, she has some very valid points about ghettoization and the way that South Asians do not include themselves into the community. With that said, I'd like to disagree with her that she makes some points that I often have heard growing up about what it means to be Canadian, and they often have this framework of being Anglo-Saxon and Judeo-Christian. So let me just put this out there right now. That is not what it means to be Canadian. That's what it means for her to be Canadian and people who think like her. But we're still developing the concept of being Canadian. And the beautiful thing about it is that myself and people from my generation and first-generation Canadians who are children of immigrants, we are inclusive. And we do say Merry Christmas, even though we're Muslim or Sikh or whatever. And we have no problem with the Judeo-Christian views. And we work together and we live together. And that's what's happening in the future. I feel bad that she's going through what she's going through, and I see it myself because people are uncouth, and they don't know how to stand in lines, and they don't have that common decency. But my mother, who's from Pakistan, raised me with that common decency, and she she had me raised with white people, black people, Asians, and she showed me, son, you're a Canadian now. You are not a Pakistani Canadian. You're a Canadian Pakistani. So thank you for taking my call. Let me ask you one question. Sure. If you were to give Trish, I don't want to use the word advice, um, if you were to say something to Trish based on what you heard her, and thank you for your call, Sean, I really appreciate it. No problem. It. Um, if you were to say something to her based on what you heard, what would you say to her? I would tell her to, I would advise her, or I would tell her my perspective, because I can't advise her, she's wiser than me. Uh, I would tell her that things are changing, and they're changing very rapidly. I don't know if that's because of technology's pace of change. I don't know if that's because of Canada. But multiculturalism, while it has not worked, it will work now. And the other thing that she needs to realize is that there's a hot and cold going on in the political sector, whether that's south of the 49th or north of it. You have the Harperites, who... Harper used the word Olstock himself, and it became such a big deal. And then you have these liberals, and people gravitate towards either side. And this is a big, big, big thing. I can't obviously get into it here, but there's many of us who are just rational and want to be inclusive and want want Canada to be a place that's friendly for everyone. But she's absolutely right. There is too much ghettoization in the GTA, especially places where South Asians or whatever group congregates. You go to Spadina, you got Chinatown. You go to this area, you have that town. Uh, we should be including each other. And tell, I, I, if she's listening, Trish, I would tell you that things are changing and, and look, have hope for the future because 
your kids and their kids and their kids, things are going to be different. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate your call. Thank you. I want to hear what you have to say. What's your reaction? What's your experience? Assad is also in Mississauga. Assad, thank you for the call, sir. Yeah, I'd just like to reiterate the previous caller. I think what he said is what I and many second, third generation um, children as immigrants feel. Uh, I do sympathize for that lady. She had to feel she had to leave. But at the same time, like like I'm born here, my grandfather's born in Scotland, um, we look like these Syrians are coming over to Canada. So we're reaching out to them to making them look like, you know, make them feel that they're part of Canada. And by them, us reaching out to them and, you know, just saying, you know, welcome to Canada and making them feel at home, through osmosis or just our interaction, they're going to feel comfortable to be with general Canadians. So when people come to Canada, we shouldn't look at them as aliens or whatever. We have to say, okay, welcome to Canada. We need a population. We're a growing community. And reach out to them. If they're not reaching out to us, we should reach out to them. Asad, thank you for the call. Thank you. Green Show Chorus Radio Network. Uh, What do you have to say to Trish or about Trish's email? Remember, she says her daughter was shunned in her school and she had to move her daughter to another school. Is Is it a case, really, of people talking to each other and learning about each other and creating bond and maybe not listening so much to Official channels, just unofficially getting together. Posting to RoyGreenShow.com. I'll read it to you again, and I'll go back to your calls. I'll read you an email or two and um, some tweets, but here's what she wrote. Hello, Roy, I guess I'm a deplorable racist. I've lived in my current home for 25-plus years. Over the years, I've become a minority. I see no immigrants other than those from India and Pakistan. When my daughter was school age, she was the only Caucasian female in her class, She was shunned by her classmates and generally had a very difficult time until I felt compelled to transfer her to a new school. I believe that our immigration system is not inclusive of Europeans, Australians, and others who share our culture. The immigrants in my community do not attempt to integrate in any way. Rather, they look upon me with contempt as I try to find my personal space in the grocery lineup and have no consideration for others as they attempt to barter at the checkout for some perceived flaw in their merchandise. I'm at a loss as to how people who speak neither basic English nor French have become Canadian citizens. I've concluded that I must leave my adult children behind and move to a small prairie town in order to live in a community where a 50-something Caucasian woman can feel included in the community. Oh, to live in Switzerland, where my opinion mattered. Thank you for discussing this issue, Roy. Sincerely, Trish. I don't think she's a racist. I don't. I think she's just a point of view and an experience. This is what we have to talk about in this country. We have to talk. Among Us. Uh, at Candace Noonan, uh, I totally relate to Trish. In this, it's the same thing over here in Niagara area. The East Indians and Pakistanis are taking over. And then uh, an email from Mark to uh, Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Roy, the reason Canadians are seeing more and more non-white people around them is because the traditional Canadians are not getting married and are having kids anymore. Chinese and South Asians are, on the other hand, continuing to embrace the family unit and continue to reproduce their race. Nothing wrong with traditional Canadians learning a lesson from them. Go to your calls. Let us go to your call. Let's talk to Paul in Hamilton. Hey, Paul. Thank you for the call, sir. 
Hi. Yes, sir. Yes, hi, Roy. I was I live in Niagara, and I yesterday I went to visit my brother who lives in a small town Malton near Mississauga, and I lived there for 25 years, and I couldn't believe the change. Like South Asians and Indians, like great people, but they completely took over that area, and. I walked around, and I was kind of sad, thinking all the memories of my childhood, and everything is completely different. And I talked to my brother, and I said, Where do you, what do you do? He says, everything I do, I have to leave for. I leave for shopping. I leave for eating out. I leave for church, even. I leave for work. I leave. Everything is, is a trip. Because Why? And, and, just, and tell me what you mean, Paul, when you say they've taken over the area. What does that mean? Well, the, the local mall, everything. The supermarket is now a specialty supermarket for South Asian. All the stores are... Their clothing, their even their their, their cell phones, like the, the the things they do, just their styles, their fashions. It it really is transformed into it's the only people you see around there, which is totally fine. But it just my brother's like an island there, and I left there thinking I couldn't live there anymore because I would have to go to the next town, go to I don't know a, a, a suburb of Toronto just to do my shopping and. So so what you're so what you're experiencing is an influx of people who are immigrants to Canada, and they are of the same area, uh, part of the world, and they have the same cultural and ethnic and religious right. backgrounds. Right. And, and they, and they, and they uh, live together because it's more comfortable when you're in a new country living with people who are like you, but it's, but it's created a, a discomfort. You know, because there used to be, like, say, a food basics in the mall. They yeah. had to pull out. It wasn't doing business. And now it's a South Asian supermarket. Okay. So well, they can't shop with us. No, so I, I agree with her. Like, but it, well, all it is is making these islands. They're they're an island in that that five square miles, you know. And then we have to go. That eighty percent of those people moved to Woodbridge in the eighties, and they're all gone. It used to be an Italian community, and they went to Vaughan and Woodbridge, and now that's who you see in in Woodbridge and Vaughan. I appreciate you, Paul. Uh, call Paul. What's your experience? What's your point of view? Um, Eric has been holding on in Kitchener, Ontario, for. Quite a long time, Eric. Thank you for the, your patience, sir. Go ahead. Hey, Roy. I don't think, uh, first of all, I definitely don't think she's racist. Um, in my opinion, the word racist is thrown around way too freely by people that experience any sort of little problem with... Well, she, called her, she calls herself a deplorable racist, but I'm, I think she's using the term um, loosely. I think she's using it sarcastically, to be honest, the way I'm hearing it. However, uh, not to point. My point is, I think what the real problem is, is not uh, mixing communities. Not It's, it's none of these. It's, it's deeper than that. We, we're not really spending any time analyzing whether or not the multicultural experiment has worked or not. And it has worked in certain ways, I think. You know, it's opened us up to interesting types of cuisine, other points of view, other types of, of anything. But the Western world is so infected by politically correct garbage, and Canada is so infected with politeness that we find it impolite to tell people that when they move to Canada, they have to learn how to speak English. Do you remember they not have, so long ago there was a big national... how to be a citizen of Canada first. That, that South Asian caller that, that called in first, yeah. was spot, spot right on point. Eric, do you remember, it wasn't so long ago, where there was a tremendous debate in this country about reasonable accommodation. What is reasonable accommodation? 
Nobody talks about that anymore. And it and it occupied so much space and so much time. And there was an actual commission that was touring the province of Quebec that had two significantly important members of the Quebec society who were hearing people from around the province. It disappeared. So we, we I just want to hear points of view and thoughts. And I thank you for yours, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll offer my thoughts as and when they may be necessary from my perspective. Um, Tracy in Scarborough. Hi, Tracy. Hello? Hi. Hi. Um, I, first of all, I want to say thank you for taking such an important um, topic. And uh, You I'm have happy. no idea how many people <laughs> told me I shouldn't do this. No, I think it's great. And uh, I want to uh, say thanks for all the people that are calling in and not being rude about the situation and saying how they feel yeah, without offending. It's very positive. Yeah, very positive. Um, so I do live in Scarborough. I'm, my husband, who I'm married to, is a first-generation uh, immigrant here. Um, I'm actually very mixed up, Irish, First Nation, so on. Um, and my daughters uh, are biracial. So we go to school. Um, my daughter was attending an early year child uh, center that I had her in from she was like three months old. Uh, that the school offers uh, before they go into uh, junior kindergarten or, yeah, junior kindergarten. Um, and our community is Bangladesh. A lot of Bangladesh people, some Syrian now. Um, I'm, I'm open to this. However, um, when, you're, when you're new to a country, I believe in integration. Uh, when your child is trying to play with another child, and who is an English-speaking child, and you decide that you don't want that child to uh, interact just like you're not interacting with me, I have to say I do agree with um, the letter uh, because I have felt that way. And so um, tell me, so tell me this, please, uh, Tracy. What mm -hmm. uh, in about thirty seconds, if you can? What's the? Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say to Trish? What would you say to her based on her? Uh, and you said you 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 have some empathy for her position yes. and her experience. What do you say to yes. her? Uh, what I would say to her is thank you for getting the conversation going. Yeah. Thank you for being uh, very, you know, um, open about how you feel. And I think more people should be able to say how they feel without causing uh, any kind of disrespect to anybody else. And by the way, birthday parties was a big thing for my daughter as well. Uh, you know, there was no birthday parties. Yeah, that's, 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 that's tough on yes. kids. That's tough <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you, Tracy, yes. for, for calling right. in. All There's right, Tracy, thank you. Bye-bye. Tracy in Bye. Scarborough. Ontario. Um, we're going to talk about this again. We will talk about this again. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to reply to Trish, and I, I suspect she's listening. So, Trish, why don't you send me an email to Roy at RoyGreenshow.com, Roy at RoyGreenshow.com. Because let me talk about this again. I'd like you to be on the show. It's very interesting what we heard from our callers. Very interesting, very thoughtful. And so much for people saying to me, you know, no, don't, don't, don't talk about that, Roy. That's a landmine, man. You, you can't win on that issue. It's, it's going to blow up on you. No, it didn't. And I knew it wouldn't. When we come back, it's game two today for the Jays against those Cleveland Indians. And the word Indians is not going to be used anymore in province of Ontario, as you heard. Um, in, in, the, in the context of the baseball team. When we come back, what's it like in Cle Cleveland? You know, what's, what's going on in the streets in the urban area as this uh, series goes to game two? Mark McAllister, Urban Issues Reporter at Global News Toronto, will be joining us on The Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. <laughs> 